Welcome to the latest edition of our Fixed Interest podcast series. I'm Stephen Schwartz, Senior Director on the Fitch Sovereign Ratings Team. Today I'm joined by my colleague Jan Friedrich, Head of the Middle East and African Sovereign Ratings Team. We're here to discuss South Africa's economic and political outlook from a credit perspective. Welcome, Jan. Now, in late July, your team revised the outlook on South Africa's rating to negative and affirmed the rating at double B+. Could you tell us about the drivers behind that decision? Yeah, there were really two main drivers behind the decision. The first one was about the deterioration of fiscal metrics. It now looks like that the fiscal deficit for 2019 will be two percentage points weaker than anticipated even in the February budget. That, that weakness is likely to persist for some time. And the second driver is about uh, further indications of economic weakness, so uh, a very f- weak first quarter growth, but also signs that, that just the recovery that had been uh, expected for some time is even slower to materialize. So fiscal deterioration and growth. Now, as you look at those factors, what would lead you to follow through on the negative outlook with the actual rating change? Yeah, there are three main points there that we'll be watching. The first is probably the most important is about whether the government is able to stabilize the debt-to-GDP ratio over, over the medium term. The debt ratio for now remains on an upward trajectory, and so we will be looking very closely at, for example, the October medium-term budget policy statement or the February budget for signs of the measures that they will be taking to stabilize the debt ratio. Secondly, any signs that the trend GDP growth will continue to weaken would be quite negative for the creditworthiness. And, and thirdly, we'll be looking quite a bit at the external vulnerability. So South Africa has the benefit of having a very low share of foreign currency debt in, in total government debt. But nonetheless, it's dependent quite heavily on portfolio investment inflows. And that makes South Africa a bit vulnerable. And, and we'll be looking at at how that is affecting the the sovereign. I see. Um, And now you've mentioned already a couple of times weakness in GDP growth. What is our outlook for GDP growth and why has it been so weak? So we forecast 0.5% growth in 2019, recovering gradually and our trend growth estimate is 1.7%. That's almost exactly in line with population growth, and so it means essentially that there will be no improvement in per capita GDP in South Africa as a whole. The weakness is maybe partly due to a series of shocks in mining, in agriculture through weather conditions, but there are certainly also very substantial structural impediments to growth that will be very difficult to overcome. The government has come up with a series of packages to address weak growth, often in kind of reiterating similar measures. But the scale of these measures tends to be relatively contained, relatively limited, and the pace of implementation is also relatively slow. So most recently, these packages include things like auctioning of mobile phone data spectrum, or uh, improving, reducing prices for logistics, so um, goods transport and and ports. 
And again, we, we don't really believe those measures are sufficient to really make a difference in trend GDP growth. Okay, quite a challenge there. Then uh, apart from weak GDP growth, financial stress on state-owned enterprise balance sheets is a big issue and uh, causing some deterioration in the fiscal outlook. What can you tell us about that and more generally fiscal support to the SOEs? So the budget for 2019 already contains 23 billion rand per year contribution to ESCOM to support the company. And more recently, a special appropriations bill was introduced that would provide further support to ESCOM. And those measures should at least address the immediate liquidity pressures. The longer term uh, solvency issues for ESCOM are more complicated. So the discussion is at the moment about to what extent the very high level of debt of ESCOM at around 9% of GDP could be at least partly transferred to the sovereign so that it alleviates uh, the debt servicing pressure. At the same time, there are measures under the discussion for restructuring and uh, reforming ESCOM to reduce cost pressures and improve operational performance, including in particular a unbundling into different units that could ultimately lead to privatizations of some parts of ESCOM in the longer term. But the resistance from trade unions against these measures is really very, very strong. And so, at least in terms of the uh, structural reforms of ESCOM, we are quite skeptical whether they can actually be implemented. It's also worth remembering that there are also other SOEs uh, with a total debt of 5% of GDP, and quite a few of them are also in a relatively difficult financial situation. And so that is another source of potential pressure for the sovereign that could fall at least partly on the sovereign debt level. Now, before we wrap up, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about political developments. The ANC won another victory in the May general elections. What, what can you tell us about the political outlook going forward? It's often made quite a bit of that the ANC lost some support in the election. I would almost say that in a way, given that the party has been in power for such a long time, it's relatively impressive that it's still holding so much support, and not that much down from its peak, which I think it reached in 2004. But the bigger problem for policymaking is really the infighting within the ANC. That means that a lot of attention is detracted to battles within the ANC and away from real policymaking. And more generally, I would also say that Policymaking is just particularly difficult in the South African setting, given these competing quite complex objectives of, on the one hand, addressing income inequality, which, which is the highest in the world, but also trying to stimulate growth from uh, this very low level. Then addressing, or at least um, taking the wind out of the sails from populist pressures. And finally, maintaining macroeconomic stability by stabilizing debt levels and so on. Okay, well, thank you, Jan, for sharing your insights, and thanks to our audience for listening. For more information on our ratings and research on South Africa, please visit us at fitchratings.com. We hope you'll join us for the next edition of Fixed Interests.